Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. And we are going and, to... And we are in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. The pandemic. And I'm currently... In um, a bunker. <laughs> in a social distancing... What's it called? Like... Cluster? Yeah. Like we're not supposed to get together. Tr- everything's been canceled. So, so maybe church, you should get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so church is canceled. She's coughed three times School. since she's been here. I have coughed. I don't know why I feel like this urge to keep coughing. Um. So whatever, surviving this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we won't go into full lockdown. But all the more reason to keep doing podcasts because people can be listening at home. So we're gonna just get started because you don't want to hear us yap. Well, this is something different because you have me starting today. Mm-hmm. Of course, I still don't know what I'm backing up into here but i'm going to start go ahead all right here we go that's her first name camden sylvia is who we're going to be talking about today camden was born on july 28th 1961 she graduated from high school in 1979 in hyannisport massachusetts um which is pretty famous area yeah it's on cape cod cape cod exactly A few years later, she moved to New York City. In 1997, Camden was 36 years old, and she lived with her boyfriend, Michael Sullivan. Michael was born on March 3rd, 1943, and was 54 years old, so a little bit of an age difference there. Mm -hmm. Um, He was an actor slash choreographer, and he worked at an art gallery, the New Museum, which I am aware of. Uh, Michael was 5'8 with a wiry build, short gray hair, and blue eyes. And Camden worked at a real estate office for 14 years and was also an artist slash painter. I say also because I guess they were both into the arts. Correct. Uh, Camden was 5'4 with short dark hair, blue eyes, and dark framed glasses. So the two of them lived in a rent-controlled loft in Manhattan, Now, I am sure most know what I mean when I say rent controlled, right? But just in case you don't know, it is a government program that is supposed to keep living costs down. So the rent can only be raised a certain small amount, if at all, over years. And the rent on Michael and Camden's fifth floor, 1,600 square foot loft, was $304 a month. And it could have gotten over $3,000 but the rent was controlled at the time Michael had paid 20 years earlier. And naturally, obviously this would piss the landlord off because there's nothing the landlord can do about it. No, but I don't get it just because the cost of everything else is going up that the landlord has to supply. Right. Yet they don't have to pay anymore. Like you see it all the time. Almost like a, there should have been a mandatory like cost of living increase. On the rent, or right? But it, and maybe there was. I don't know a ton about rent controlled. But apartments. it it happens a lot. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the same thing as like a Section Eight, but it's the same thing. When I lived in an apartment building, you started to have people that were Section Eight living there, and their rent was much lower. Right. But unfortunately, what happens is the quality of people starts to diminish, and then right. the building. People and it's it's I found not with everybody, but in a lot of these cases, when you have people that don't have to pay as much rent, they don't take as much pride in the building. 
On the evening of November 7, 1997, Camden and Michael went out for a jog. No one heard from them for a couple of days, and finally Camden's mother went to the loft to check on them. A neighbor let her in. When she went inside, there was no sign of her daughter or Michael. She saw that the only things missing were their running shoes, house keys, and Camden's bag. Which, I don't know that my mother would be able to walk into my house and notice anything missing. You know what I mean? Like, if your mom came over here and you right. and Glenn weren't here, she no, wouldn't be she like, wouldn't know, right. Meredith's bag is missing. I mean, maybe my pocketbook. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Right. So everything else seemed undisturbed. The first theory was that they went on, like, an impromptu trip. But, I mean, you would take... You would take stuff for more that. For that. They left, basically, like, everything. Passports, wallets. And they had just rented a movie... Addicted to Love. Oh my God, I know that movie. So, is that it didn't seem, that's the one with Meg Ryan and Matthew Broderick? I think. I don't know. I think so. They weren't planning on being gone for long. Is basically right the feel you get from this. Also, there was no activity on their credit cards or bank accounts since they went missing. They didn't just go on a trip. Right. Okay. We already discussed that they were living in a rent-controlled apartment. In this situation. Right. The landlord can only raise the rent if the current tenants move out. Correct. So if you're in a rent controlled apartment, it Mm -hmm. only applies to you. Once you leave, he can throw up the rent to as much as he wants. Right. Right. You could also get all the tenants to agree to an increase, which why would you? Who the heck's going to agree to that? Maybe if you're offering them some increased services. You know what I mean? Like we want to redo the lobby or make this nicer. Right. People would agree, maybe in a situation like that. Right. So in the landlord of the building where Michael and Camden lived was Robert Rodriguez. And he also operated a locksmith shop on the ground floor of the building. Okay. So he was attempting to increase the rent on all of the tenants in the building. So as you said, what they could get for their apartment, they were paying about $304 and they could get over 3000 Unbelievable. So he was threatening the tenants that if they didn't agree to this crazy rent increase, he was going to shut off the heat. Oh, my God. It's like a the Honeymooners episode. That's basically what happens in the Honeymooners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wants to increase, increase the rent. Ralph's like, no freaking way. We're not paying it. I think it was like a $5 increase. <laughs> and he shuts off the heat. Oh, my God. Which, I don't know. Is that legal? Uh, probably not. Okay. But it's November in New York during this time, so mm-hmm. it's it might not be freezing yet, but yeah, it's, it's going to get cold. freaking cold. At night, definitely. So they need the heat. Yeah. Tenants are not happy about this. So Michael and Camden start a petition, and they start getting all the tenants to sign the petition that they're not going to pay any rent if he shuts off the heat. Camden takes this petition to Rodriguez on November 7th. Hmm, which is the day they disappeared. Correct. So once the police were notified by Camden's mother that the couple was missing, they called Rodriguez, which seems a logical first step. He was living in Orange County, New York, which, which is, is far. I would say it's about an hour. I was going to say an hour, a little more. A little more out of, this, out of New York City. Right. Up north. At first, he was cooperating with the investigation, but after a few days, he vanished. His family reported him missing and got the police involved. So now I'm not sure how it would all be connected. But if the two tenants go missing and then the landlord go missing, Mm -hmm. 
and they're all three victims seems a little far-fetched. Yeah. Right. The family would not let the investigators check the apartment building. So this is Rodriguez's family. Right. Would not let the investigators check the apartment building or the property up in Orange County, Mm. which is where Rodriguez was living. Right. Basically, now the investigators can't really do their job. What, I mean, what can, can they, they get do? a warrant? I guess not, because they don't. They're they not. Know, they're not able no to search it. And they not... can search their particular apartment. Well, th- right, but not his. But not his home Correct. or the rest right. of the building without, you oh, know, well, the locksmith right. and all that area yeah, where right, he is. Right. So they did the best they could. They did an aerial helicopter search of his property upstate, but it it turned up nothing. Hmm. So apparently. Rodriguez does reappear in after 10 days. So he willingly just ran away. Right. Stress, maybe. Who knows? When he got back, he lawyered up. Shocker. Shocker. But you know what? We always say, get a lawyer. Right. Get a lawyer. He was done cooperating, which I don't think he was really cooperating anyway. But he eventually... For like a day he did. Right. He eventually sold the building, which finally gave the police the opportunity now to search. They brought in cadaver dogs, but they didn't pick up on anything. They tore up the floors. They found nothing. Right. So Rodriguez ends up pleading guilty to larceny in 1998 for using a dead man's ID. The Hmm. man was Alan Rodriguez. No relation. Okay. He was from Newburgh and died. Which is Orange County. So... So he was, right, he was from Newburgh and died in 1994. Rodriguez used the ID to get an American Express card that he used to buy a plane ticket, which is what he did when he was, he vanished. So he flew somewhere. So he used that stolen credit card or the stolen ID to get the credit card to buy a flight out of Dodge. Right. When, when they were investigating him. Okay. I'm following. He was sentenced to four years and then two years were added on because he was intentionally deceitful in another matter. So he served about six years in jail and was out on parole in 2004. His wife filed for divorce when he was sent to prison. I'm going to go out on a limb, no pun intended here. Kind of looks like he may have have had something to do with this, but... At one point, a severed foot was found in the Hudson River, but the DNA did not match Michael or Camden. And her mother said that when she was shown the foot and the sneaker that was attached to it, she knew that it was not Camden's. This mother knows a lot about her. (laughs) I don't even think my mom could... Would know my sneakers. Would know my sneaker, I know. Can you imagine being a mother, though, and having to ID your kid by a severed foot? Like, probably nasty decayed foot yeah right in the research i came across this video of michael and camden and it's kind of eerie because they're in the loft and they're joking around on camera and they're showing you know just showing it giving like a little tour of it right and being silly on camera and then like shortly right after that they're missing Mm. gone okay so are you basically going to Tell me now that this is an unsolved case. Maybe. I'll kill you. Sorry. Well, Rodriguez was last known to be living in Harlem. 
He is in his late 70s. And if Camden is alive, she is 57 years old and Michael is 76. Right. So I don't want to treat this like a side note, but Rodriguez is mixed up in another missing persons case. Okay, so I said that Rodriguez owned that locksmith shop on the ground floor of the building. Mm -hmm. Well, this man, David King, worked there with him. Okay. So David King graduated from Brooklyn Tech High School, and from 1984 to 1990, he worked for Multiplex Electrical Services. So in a lawsuit against Rodriguez and David King, it is alleged that they started to get confidential information from Multiplex while King worked there. And after he was fired, he went to work for Rodriguez. The two expanded the locksmith shop to include fire alarms, which competed with Multiplex. It was alleged that they stole software records and customers from Multiplex. And the suit was for $13 million. Which is... A lot. A lot of money, but this also... this little locksmith shop. Right, but also that's like very, very frowned upon yeah, oh, yeah. In, the, in the business world. I mean, it's... So this, this, this guy's not a nice guy. No. I mean, this guy's got a very shady past. So around this time, in the 90s, they're both now defendants in this lawsuit, Rodriguez and David King. Okay. You know, the tensions are probably getting high. They're probably fighting and having disagreements about mm-hmm. who's responsible for what. Right. And then David King just goes missing in July of 1991, and he leaves behind a wife and three kids. So now with King gone, Multiplex was granted a judgment against him for over $90,000. And then they had to settle with Rodriguez because King was really the connection. Right. I don't think Rodriguez ever had to pay a dime. So if he did get rid of David King, that basically made King the fall guy for the whole thing. And Rodriguez was able to get away and not be held accountable. Years later, in the late 1990s, authorities exhumed a body that they think might be David King. Kind of weird, but King's family would not provide a DNA sample So I guess we'll never know if that was King's body. They would not provide a DNA sample. Right. Maybe they didn't really want to know. Why, though? Too painful? I I don't know. Maybe they just... uh, Who knows? Well, basically, Rodriguez is suspected of killing three people, and he only ended up getting about six years, not even for any of the murders. Well, he basically... Innocent until proven guilty, blah, 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 blah. He basically got away with everything he did. If he did do it. But how could he not? Of course he did it. Where are they, though? What did they say where they found what they thought was King's body? No. Like, where are Camden and Michael? Like, how do you? I always think, well, I don't always think it. That would be creepy. But like, if. You were to murder someone like that. Yeah. In New York City. Right. How do you make two adult bodies just vanish? I mean, besides throwing them in the water and fingers crossed, they never wash up anywhere. Like neither one of them 
the only other thing I can think of is is burning. Mm-hmm. But even then, you may come across bones. You make yeah. it. What did they conduct a search? Yeah, they searched as much as they could. I mean, what do you, you can't search the whole city without I mean, any leads. Like there were no leads. We don't even know where they jogged. They just went out for a jog. And how far did they get? Yeah. Did they even make it out of the building? Like before he right. got to them? Did he somehow get them and then bring them up to Orange County? Maybe. Maybe as they were leaving, he kind of said, let's talk about this whole rent thing and knock him unconscious. Right. Chuck him in his car and go up to Orange County. Right. And then you don't let it them search it ever. Right, because you don't know what was. They did an aerial search mm-hmm. over. That's all they could Orange do. County. Right, you don't know what's inside. Right, you don't know if something is an aerial search. What the heck is that going to do? I mean, it's going to give you a quick glance, but it's I not like if you they'll could continue dig. And try to search that property when it's available to be searched. Like if they sell it or whatever, I'd be curious to see. If they still own it. Right. Well, look at what happened with that. The barrel, too, in the, right. in the Long Island case, where that body was in that barrel. That guy never sold that house. It would have been completely unsolved. Right? So insane. And if I'm the family, I'm going to be pissed. Like, what? And this was 1990. Who even? The mother's probably not even alive anymore. Right. I mean, uh, 19, yeah, I it was, you know, 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. She's probably not. I, If I were the family, I would be like, are you giving up? Is this now, you know, is it a cold case? Is w- it? But I would also be interested, like, it, does this go in a cold case file now? And it's just an unsolved. I would also like to know, and, and maybe you could, since you're an expert researcher, mm-hmm. I would also like to know how many new york unsolved cases there are oh my god but we'd have to okay but we'd have to do we'd have to probably do like a date a date range but it's kind of strange because you automatically think like you know eventually all these cases get solved but Mm -mm. not and especially in a missing persons case i mean how many of them go unsolved a lot And what happens is, it's very funny, somebody stopped me at work the other day, didn't know we had a podcast, and was so like, oh my God, was so interested. And it was a case, wasn't New York, because he said, oh, I have a case for you guys. And it was not New York, but it was about a girl that was missing. And she had the same last name as him. And it kind of always remained in his memory. Still unsolved today, but, you know, the family for years and years tried to get this case solved and and then they eventually passed away. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, when when nobody's left that has a a passion or determination to try to find out what happened, they just must go and put put in a box, file it like, like the TV show, right? I guess, yeah. There's so many. I don't like these unsolved But I don't ones, know how but... their bodies just, so many bodies are just gone. 
we did a missing, so in our dough missing little yeah. mini series. Yeah. We covered. Yeah, I mean, I, and I also would assume that they did not have enough evidence against this guy. Right. To make him, you know, mm-hmm. take and, a lie detector test or to make him and, and not for nothing. This guy well, he has was never even like arrested for this or questioned, really. Right. Because they probably had no leads. And he is. No one in the building saw them. Nobody saw them leave. Like nobody. Not. That's what I mean. How could this All right, one I random question. guy. How do, do we know perfect... they went? How do we know that they went out for a jog? Maybe, maybe, oh, you know what? I think they actually did go for the jog because I think that's when they rented the movie. So that okay. I think that's how they know they went for the jog. They went to the blockbuster or local movie place, rented that movie. And, and then went home, obviously, because the movie's there. But just how did this one guy who's like n- not this mastermind And did we criminal, say he's still alive? He well, yeah, he's as far as I know, he's still alive. They tried to get him on camera recently to like, did you kill them? Blah blah. blah. And right. he just he was like running. Oh, he's an old man now, and he was like running away from them. And he went back in the building and got in the elevator. And they were like coming after him to get some information. And that was it. He went in the elevator. Uh, all these people just happened to go missing around him. I know. Come on. And again. Still not enough evidence, I guess. To... No, and even if they did ID that body as David King's, so what? Not so what. Ugh. I didn't mean so what, but so what for Rodriguez? It doesn't link him to it. It's just a body that they were exhuming. Right, right. It's not like it was in his yard. Right. So that's it. It was a short case. I don't like unsolved cases. I know. I'm sorry. I have a non-crime one to do so more along the lines of just like a creepy something or other creepy creepy i love creepy so that'll be next week yes i just have to it's a lot of is it scary no scary i mean i like creepy and scary all right well would anybody else i'd like to hear from people would you like creepy and scary all right well you're gonna get what you get so that's the next one. And then coming up will be our 50th episode soon. Really? And we're going to do Lacey Spears for that one. That is a tough one. That is. So I'm con- constantly working on that too. And it'll be long. And that is also, I feel like, a case that almost also planted the seed in your head to do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because you and I would literally call each other every day. I would be like calling case. you on the way oh. of work with that case. Drives me. Mm. Okay. So, Mary, you want to sing us out? Nobody wants to hear me sing us out. Yeah, but it's kind of like what you do. Various New York. Thank you. Thank you.